Okay, Shabbos, Dav Gimel, we are up to Beis, and Beis, three lines from the bottom, Amalei Rav Masna La Abaya. So Rav Masna told Abaya the following thing. He said, Hatamni Havyan, you told me yesterday, in yesterday's Daf, and not Beis, that there are eight cases. Tarti, sorry, Havyan, there really are 12 cases. So let's take a step back. What are the eight cases? So if you look, there are four cases in the beginning of the Mishnah, which tell us that either the Balabayas is Chayev or the Ani is Chayev, to each, two cases where the balabayas, the one who's standing inside is chayev for carrying a Shabbos. In order to carry, you have to do the Akira and the Hanacha. So you have two cases of balabayas chayev and two cases where the Ani is chayev. That's four. The end of the Mishnah gives you four cases of Shnei and Patun. Four examples where they are both Pater, and that's how you have eight. So his question is that it's not really eight. Tarti sorry, Havan, you really have 12, because in the last four cases that Shnei and Paturin, there are two people in each case being Pater. So it's not four cases. It's not four cases of Pater. It's really eight people being Pater. Anytime you tell me Shnei and Paturin, there's two people. The Oni has to ask his Rav, and the Balabayas has to ask his Rav. So instead of saying eight, there should really be 12. So Abayah responds, Ulatamech, and if you're, you're counting every single person that's involved in the story, Shitrisehavan, it's really 16. Why? Because the first four cases of the Mishnah, where we said either the Balabayas is Chayev or the Ani is Chayev. We had two cases Balabayas Chayev, two cases Ani Chayev, but in those cases that the Balabayas is Chayev or the Ani is Chayev, there's another person there. When, the, when we say the Balabayas is Chayev, that means the Ani is Pater, so that's two people. Why are we counting it as four cases of Chayev? It should be four cases of Chayev and four cases of Pater. So you have eight in the beginning, eight in the end, so in total, we should really have 16. You should have 16 cases of Yitzhiyas HaShabbos. So not only do you have 8, now you're asking about 12, I got 16. So I'm I'm not bothered by that. How come we're not including the people that are putter when the other one is Chayev? Why? Because it's Bishlam Ababa Deresha. I understand the beginning of the, of the Mishnah, which discusses when either the Balabayas is Chayev or the Ani is Chayev. When someone is Chayev and the other one is putter, they're putter or mutter. It's really putter or mutter, and therefore like a tani. It didn't have to tell me it. I don't have to count it as a case. There's no Shiloh. When we say the Balabayas is Chayev and the Ani is putter, in that situation, for the Ani himself, it's totally mutter. He's not doing anything. He's just holding a piece of bread or he's holding a jacket. He's returning it to the Balabayas. And the Balabayas did the entire action himself. He either put, took the bread and put it into the hand of the Ani. So the Balabayas did the entire he saw himself. The Ani was just standing there, didn't do anything. Or the Babais took the whole thing from the Ani and brought it into Rosh In those situations, the Ani's Pater, but there it's Pater or Mutter. It's Pater and it's Mutter. It's permitted, what, it's, it was a permissible action what he did, and therefore, like a Tani, you do not have to list it in the examples of Yetzirah Shabbos, and therefore, don't start adding it to the math. Alabawa the Seifa, but in the second example, the second case of the Mishnah, meaning the Seifa of the Mishnah, where the halacha is Shnei and Petur, and they're both Pater, there, when they're both Pater, each one did half of a malacha. One did the Akira, and one did the Hanacha. We had four different cases of one doing the Akira, one doing the Hanacha. So four times two is eight. Each one should be counted, because each one is Pater, Avalasar. So that's my kasha. So he says like this. Let's just read it again. He says, Amalei. So, Rav Masa tells Abayah Halakasha, Mishlaima, Baba Deresha, Pater, Mutter, like Tani. That, that was Pater, Mutter. El Abba, the Seifa, the Pater, Avalasar, where it's Pater, but it's still Asr. There, it should have told me that it's another case. Kasha, it's a Kasha. And therefore, why, why are you telling me we have eight cases, we should have 12? So now the Gemara digresses for a second. This Mi'ika Bakuli Shabbos, Pater, Mutter. Do we even find this concept that when the Mishnah tells me Pater on Shabbos, meaning when the Mishnah says, you do this, you're Pater, is, that means usually 
Pater Avalaser. You're telling me it's Pater Umutter? Va'amar Shmuel, Shmuel said, Kopaturi Shabbos, anytime in Shabbos where it says Pater, it means Pater Avalaser, it means it's Pater Midaraisa. You're not high to bring a carbon, you're not high of Karis, you're not high of Skila. Avalaser is still also Midarabanan. That's the rule. Bar Mehani class. There are three examples, three cases, three halachas where it is Pater, the Pater Umutter. What are the three? So we will explain these much later in uh, in Masechta Shabbos, but we'll go through it briefly here. Which three examples are totally mutter and not pater avalaser? It's called pater umutter. One of them is seidas tzvi, trapping of a deer. What's the example? A deer runs into someone's house. He's in the house, and Ruvain sits outside. sits He's blocking the the doorway. So Ruvain is over the Isser of Tzeda, of trapping, he's trapping the deer. Comes along Shimon, he wants to schmooze with him, he sits right next to him, and he also blocks the doorway. But it's already been blocked. So let's say Ruvain would now go, would go leave. So even though Shimon, in effect, is still blocking the, the door, but since he came Beheter, so that we say is Pater. In that case, we say Pater, Umutter. There was nothing wrong with what he did. Next example, Tzeda's Nachash, trapping of a snake. So halachically, one is not allowed to trap animals on Shabbos, but the isr, the rice of trapping, is when you're trapping it to use its skin, you're trapping it for the food. However, when someone traps a snake, they're doing it out of self-defense, and therefore there will not be an isr, the rice. Not only that, because someone is nervous, you're scared of the snake, so then there wouldn't even be an isr, the So that example, say this, nachash, is pater, umutter. Third example, mapis morsa, someone is popping a, uh, a boil, or a pimple in order to take out the pus, so there would not be a isodaraisa. The only isodaraisa over there would be baina to build something. You're not building anything, you're just trying to extract the lecha, you're trying to get the pus out, and therefore it would not be an isodaraisa. And because someone's bizarre, so there's no isodarabanan. So in all these three cases, there's a, we call it pater umutter. But that's it, only three cases. So how could you tell me that the beginning of our Mishnah, where we say the Balabais is high and the Ani's pater, it means that the Ani's even allowed to do his part? What do you mean? Shmuel told me anytime the, the Mishnah is telling me that. Pater, it means Pater Avalaser, except for three cases, Seda and Mephis Morsa and Seda's Nachash. So the Gemara says, nah, there's a, there's a difference of, of, of our cases. What's the difference? When does something make the list where we have to have Shmuel's din of Pater, Aval, Pater Avalaser, typically except for these three things? You have a list of three. That's Peturi Dekav and Misa. There's only three times where someone actually does a Misa on Shabbos. He does an activity. And we still say it's pater or mutter. But paturi, you look off in my eyes, when we say you're pater, you didn't even do anything. The Ani is just, is just holding a jacket. And the Balabais came and took it from him and brought it into Rosh Hashanah. So the Ani didn't do anything at all. In those cases, Ikatuva, there's many more than three. So it's not a question. You're asking, it didn't hit the list of three of the only three times where we say pater or mutter, that's not a kasha. Pater or mutter is only a chiddish when there's a maisa. When there's a maisa being done, then we only have to look at this list of three. There are only three times in Shabbos where we say pater or mutter. But when you're not doing an action yourself, you're being you're just being passive. There are many times we, where we will say pater or mutter. Fine. That was the simple digression. At the end of the day, Mikhail Makaim. Tati sorry And at the end of the day, there are twelve examples. We have. The first four of Balabayas Chayev, Ani Chayev, and there was two each, so that's four. Then you have the Mishnah says Shnei and Peturin, 
there are four cases of Shnei Maturin, and Rav Masna's Kasha is, when you have two people being potter, there are two cases, there are two people asking Shiloh, so it should really be eight. So Tati Sari Havan, at the end of the day, we have 12, and for the Gemara, we're not going to count the other half. Peturi de'asu be'le de'chiv chatos, kachashiv. We're only going to count situations where there's an Isidra Banan that is going to stop you from being over and said the What does that mean? Rashi explains that we only count the Akiras. What this means is that in order for one to be over the Isra the rice of Shabbos, you need to do the Akira and the Hanacha. You need to do both picking it up and putting it down. The last four cases of our Mishnah, four of the you know the last four of the eight, we said Shnei and Peturin, they're both Patur. If you look at the, those examples, in both examples, each one is doing half. The Ani does half the Malachi, does the Akira, and the Balabais finishes it off, does the Hanacha. Or the opposite, the Balabais did the Akira, and the Ani does the Hanacha. So if I have to count four, which four am I going to count? I'm only going to count the one that did the Akira, the one that initially picked it up, so then that's, when we, that's what we're counting as a case. Why? Because there, once you pick it up, if you indeed finish your activity and put it down, that'll be, you'll be over and that would be as opposed to someone who just finishes it once you're finishing it there's no way for you to be so therefore we'd rather pick and choose to count the Akiris versus the Anachas if you look back at the Mishnah when the Mishnah says the second part it says so both cases we're talking about the one who did the Akira and the same thing, we're only counting as our four examples in the Seifa of the Mishnah, the one that did the initial action, the one that did the Akira. So as the Gemara says, so, we did not count it. And that's the end, that's the end of this uh, discussion. And Therefore, the Mishnah has eight cases, not 12, not 16. Very good. Let's keep going. Now, the Mishnah said, when you have the Ani doing the first part and the Balabais doing the second part, we said, Shnei and Petru, and they are both Pater. So the Gemara says, hold on a second. Shnei and Petru, and they're both Pater. This is a fascinating question. And the question is, why do we assume that if two people do something, they're Pater, at the end of the day, the Malacha was done. The bread went from point A to point B on Shabbos being done through two people. So you have two people robbing, uh, stealing a car. So who cares? It was done. I don't care that it was one person versus two people. Why do we care if it, that it was two people doing it and therefore they're both pater? The Pnei Yeshua explains that they should split the carbon chattas. They go, go up to the base of Mekdash. Let's say they did a Bishagig and each one should pay for half, half of the, uh, half of the goat and uh, that's your carbon chatas. So the Gemara says like this. We learned it out from Sokim. You're right. Really, it's a good svara that at the end of the day, the malacha happened. So why do we say the pater? So Tanya, Rebbe, Omer, Mi'ama, Aretz, Ba'as, The Pasuk says, when it discusses bringing in the chatas, it says, V'nefesh, Achas, Techede, Bishkaga, Mi'ama, Aretz, Ba'as, Right? So Achas, Mitzvah, Hashem, Hashalois, Yasena, V'ashem. So there, that's the parsha of bringing karbanas. So what, is, what are we darshaning? When you did it, ha'oisa es kula, someone who did the entire thing, and not for doing part of it. You don't bring a cardboard for doing part of an avera. 
Someone did it on his own, an individual is chayv. Two people did it together, they are potter. And therefore, back to our Mishnah, when you have the Ani doing half and the Balabai is doing half, the Mishnah says, Shnei and Petru, and they're both potter. Say it, Manami, Amr Chi, Bar Gamda, was thrown out from the mouth of the Chabura, Amru, and they said, Ba'asoisa, what does it mean, Ba'asoisa? Yachid Shalasa Chayev. If one person did it, he's Chayev. Shnaim Shalasua, if two people together did the Malacha, Petru, and they are potter for breaking a carbon chatas. This is known as Shnaim Shalasua. We're going to revisit this at length later on in the Masechta, discussing two people carrying something. Could they have carried it, you know, individually versus they needed two people to carry it? We will discuss this in uh, in, in a few months. Okay. Boy, minai Rav me Rebbe. Rav asked the following Shiloh from Rebbe. Someone's friend loads him up with food and drinks. So imagine a camelback. So he has a... Uh, he has his knapsack full of, full of uh, Gatorade. He's going biking. So this person puts the knapsack on his friend and... And your friend walks outside. You wrap him up a sandwich to go, some chalant, and he's going outside. Now, you didn't put it in his hand. You literally loaded him as if he's a donkey. You're hitina, tina, right? We have, we have a chi of the raisa. If you see your friend needs a help to load his donkey, tina. So you load your friend with oichlun amashkin, and your friend, your friend goes outside, and we're going to assume he brings it to his next destination, and he did the Hanacha. The question is, was there ever an Akira? Mahu. Do we say Akira's like Akira's Chefetz Mukhamidami? That by the friend starting to walk, when he uplifts his body, he lifts up his body, Akira's Gufoy, is that considered Akira's Chefetz Mukhamidami? It's as if you pick something off the ground, Umechayev, and that's the Akira. As long as you do a Hanacha later on, that's your Akira Hanacha, your Chayev for carrying on Shabbos. Maybe no. Maybe you actually have to physically pick it up. If you don't pick it up, even though you lifted up your body, but since you act, you didn't physically pick it up with your hands, maybe we say, Loy, that's not called an Akira. So Amalei, so the response was, so Rebbe responded, Chayev, you are Chayev, that is called an Akira by lifting up your feet. Just by the way, Tosis points out, it's you're only Chayev when you started walking, meaning if someone was already walking and you never stopped, you never started, you would not be over the Isra, the rice of Shabbos. That is not called an Akira. So if you think about it, let's say someone was in motion. You have a wide receiver and and they throw a football and it sticks onto his back and he goes Dalarama. So he walks from Rosh Hashanah, that would not be called an Akira since he never picked it up and he never lifted his body. He was in motion the entire time. We're going to discuss this when we discuss walking Dalar Amos Rabbim. When someone is carrying something for Amos and Rabbim, he picks something up in the street or something landed on his hat. Whatever the case is, we will, we will revisit what is called Kakira's, Kakira's uh, what is called an Akira. According to Taisvis, it means you must have been stationary and then you decided to start walking. That is called an Akira. Now, wh- why are we bringing this in? Because if you think about our Mishnah, our Mishnah said that let's say the Ani... The man standing outside, the poor man, he puts his hand inside, inside the house. And the Balabayas drops a piece of bread into the Ani's hand. So we said, if, even if the Ani takes it out, the halacha is they're both potter. Because the, the, uh, the Ani didn't, didn't do the Akira. It just landed in his hand. So, so the question would be, why would Yad be different than Bali? So he says, don't compare it to one's hand. Why? My timer. How do I know this? Gufoy nayach or 
his body is resting. We consider that stationary. And therefore, when you lift up your body, when you start walking, that's called an akira. But yadai, a person's hand, it's not resting. It's always moving. We have a concept of, of yadayim, a skull in your hand. Your hands are always moving. Moving. That's not called an akira. So in order for hands to actually play a role in Hilchah Shabbos, you, you have to pick something up off the ground with your hands. But if something landed in your hands, that would not be called an akira. That would not be called an akira. Now, if you lift up your body afterwards, that's also an akira. But just having something drop into your hands, that is not called an akira, and that is evident from our Mishnah. Now, if you look at the Gemara, it seems that that uh, Rav, when he asked this kasha from Rebbe, they were in the middle of discussing something else. Let's assume they are in the middle of discussing Hilchus Pesach. And so Amalei Rav Chila, Rav, Barpachte, son of Gedolim, Rav was from, from, uh, from Giants. He said, didn't I not tell you Kikai Rebbe behind the Sechta? When, when, when Rebbe is teaching one Masechta, Masechta, hey, don't ask him from a different Masechta. That's the halach. Halach is you're not supposed to ask your Rebbe from a uh, off-tangent topic. Why? Because Dilma Lavadate, maybe he's not going to know. And the lav the Rabbi Gavra Rabuf, not for that Rabbi was Adam Gadol, Kasafta, you're going to embarrass him. How is he going to be embarrassed? And the Shani Lach Shinuya is going to answer you, give you a response off the cuff to Lav Shinuya, which is not correct. You're putting him, you're putting him in, a, in a situation where he must respond. By the way, I once heard from Rav Asher Weiss, Shlita, that a great rule for Pesach is that if you ever feel pressured to give an answer, so don't give an answer. So he says, if, if I have the ability to say I don't know, then I'm happy to Paskin. If you need an answer on the spot, then I am not, uh, I, am not I, don't, I don't feel comfortable Paskin. He said, unless I've Paskin this already, so I'm comfortable. So then you could say you're uh, holding in that Masechta. But it's the same aside that if someone's not holding in that Masechta and you're asking them on the spot in public, and now they feel the pressure to, to respond, so then, you're not supposed to do that. So he is telling Rav, why'd you do that? You shouldn't do that anymore. Didn't I not tell you that? Don't ask Shilas at the wrong time. It happens to be that the, many Rishonim say that Shloishim Yoim Koydemachag, the 30 days before Yantiv, so we're coming up to Pesach soon, so within a day or two actually, we're going to be Shloishim Yoim Koydemachag. You are allowed to ask the Rabbanim question, meaning they could be Mesatta Shabbos. And you could say, oh, is quinoa considered kidneyous? Or whatever you want to ask. Can I drink vodka? Whatever your question is about Pesach, you're allowed to ask that 30 days before the Chag. Assuming the Rabbanim were holding in the Halacha, they would, they would be sharp. They'd be able to answer the, answer the question right away. Fine. So he says, However, he did give you a good response. Rabbi didn't know what he was talking about. Off the cuff, he did tell you the correct tshuva, that there's a difference between a person's body and a person's hand. When it comes to your body, lifting up your body, that is called an akira. When it comes to your hands, that is not called an akira. The tani, we actually have a b'risa. If someone on Friday was already full of, uh, here he is wearing his knapsack, and after it got dark, then it's already Shabbos, and then he's like, see the chutz. Now, he didn't pick it up on Shabbos. He was already wearing it. Someone's wearing his knapsack before Shabbos. So on Shabbos, he never put it on. He was wearing it the entire Shabbos. So when he walks on Shabbos, as long as he was stationary at some point, now he walks, that is called an Akira. So you see this price, it clearly says Chayev. Why? It is not similar to your hand. When it comes to your hand, having something drop in your hand, being in your hand, that's not called an Akira. But lifting up your body, starting to walk, that is called an Akira. So Rebbe was correct. This is actually a Bryce. Even though he was asked at the wrong time, Rebbe still had it on his fingertips, and that is the correct answer. Okay. Now we move on to a very interesting 
question that Abaya asks. So I just want to preface the question with something to think about. Let's say a person lives in a, in a city we'll call Manhattan. We'll, we'll assume for this discussion Manhattan is Rishis Arabim. So he lives in an apartment building. He's on ground level, bottom floor. He opens up his window on Shabbos. He... I don't know why he's doing this. He's playing with his uh, toy airplane. Okay, let's assume this 15-year-old kid. He's playing with some, some game, and he puts his hand outside the window, and he starts doing things with his, with his plane. Okay. Now, let's assume that outside his window is the, is the, uh, is the Rosh Hashanah and he just puts something in Rosh Hashanah Now, he didn't do Hanach yet. He didn't put his hand. He didn't drop it. If he drops it on the floor, because his house is Rosh Hashanah the, the street outside is Rishos Aram, is in Manhattan. So the question is, what does he do? He, his hand is outside. Now you're the rabbi, you're walking by the street, you were there for a bar mitzvah, you're walking by and you say, hey, kiddo, what are you doing? He says, Rabbi, what should I do? I just realized my hand is outside. It's in Rishos Arabim. I'm in Rishos Yachid. If I drop it, if I drop the plane or whatever toy he's playing with or he's eating food, I don't know what he's doing. If he drops on the floor, he's over in Rishos Chil Shabbos. Don't do that. Well, so what should he do? Should he bring his hand back in? Then he's going to be another Isid Rabbanan. Halacha. Even if you don't do a Hanachan of Rabbim, you cannot transfer things from a Rabbim to Rishas Yachim, Rishas Yachim to Rishas Rabbim. That is our Mishnah. Even if you're not doing both the Akira and the Hanacha, there's still an Isid Rabbanan of bringing it back. So what should this person do? His hand is outside. Rabbi, what do I do? I shouldn't have put the, my, my toy outside, but right now it's outside. What do I do? So let's see. Let's, uh, so let's keep this question in mind, and we're going to get to this question slowly. I'm Rabbiah. Abayah said, Pshitali, it is simple to me that Yadah shall Adam, a person's hand is in a like Kishos meaning if, let's say, you're standing in Kishos you're standing in the street, and your hand is inside someone's house, your hand is not considered a Kishos The like Kishos it is also not considered a Kishos Let's say you're standing inside, and your hand is outside like this child, but we don't say that your hand goes after where you are, your hand is not the same din as Rishos HaYachad. Now, how does he know this? We know this from our Mishnah. That just because you, you're, you're in Rishos HaRabim, but your hand is inside, we, we know that your hand is not considered a Rishos HaRabim because, how do we know this from? The fact that the Ani is inside, it's not the Ani is outside, his hand is inside. If it's true that the hand of the poor man is, has the same status as the poor man himself. And since the poor man is standing outside, so his hands should be outside, so what should the halacha be? That if the Baal Bayis puts something in the hand of the Ani, then the Baal Bayis effectively has put something in Rosh Hashanah. So the Baal Bayis should be high, even though the, the bread never left the Rosh Hashanah because it's in the, it's in the Ani's hands. So it can't be that the Yad of the Ani has the din of Rosh Hashanah because otherwise the Mishnah makes no sense. And the same thing is true that Rosh Hashanah that if the Balabayas's hand is in Rosh that if his hand is in Rosh Hashanah but he's in Rosh Hashanah we don't say that the Yad goes after him. How do we know this from? The other the Balabayas. As we see in the Mishnah that we do not consider the hand to be an extension of where the person himself is situated and it, it has like some type of din, has a din on it, a, a rishus on its own. So the, fine, that is simple. It is clearly not drawn after where the person himself is standing. So Baya Baya. So Baya asked the following Shiloh, meaning the first part he, he knew. Now he comes to ask a question. Adam, a person's own hand. Maybe it should have a din of a karmelis. What does that mean? There are different rishuyas 
when it comes to Shabbos. Midaraisa, there's something called Roshasa Rabbim, Roshasa Yachid, one cannot carry from one place to the other place. Roshasa Yachid does not mean that it's privately owned. Roshasa Yachid means Mechitzois. Anytime you have a, have a city Arab or a community Arab, you're effectively making it into Roshasa Yachid. It doesn't mean you own everything. It means that there are Mechitzois, whether it's through electric wire or trees or fences. Whatever. However, your Arab in your town, you should check it out once, is, uh, is made you have what they call a Rosh Hashanah, even though it's not privately owned. So that is Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah means a, a public thoroughfare, and Rosh Hashanah means mechitzas. What if you have something in between? So there's no such thing. It's either Rosh Hashanah or it's a Rosh Hashanah, or it's a Makam Pator, or the, that is totally not a problem. Cable and the Rabbana, and the Rabbana said, we're going to make, we're going to, people are going to make mistakes. So there's a new thing called Carmelis, and we will spend many, many dafim discussing what a Carmelist is. But basically, a Carmelist is not Rosh Hashanah, not Rosh Hashanah, it is a place where people travel, so it's not called the Mokham Pator. A Mokham Pator would be up on a, uh, a ledge or something, that would be a Mokham Pator, but, but it would be called a Carmelist. So now, when it comes to a Carmelist, one is not allowed to transfer from their house, Rosh Hashanah, to a Carmelist, or from a Carmelist to Rosh Hashanah, unless you make an Erev. If there's no Erev, so then you have what you call a Carmelist. It would only be an Isidra Banan, but there's an Isidra Banan to transfer from Carmelist to Rosh Hashanah, or Rosh Hashanah to Carmelist. Good. So, Boya Baya. Abaya asked the following question. Do we say Yadash Adam, a person's hand, Mahu Would it be considered a Carmelist? What does that mean? So let's say a person, this this young child, this 15-year-old boy, he's in Manhattan, he sticks out his hand, and he has his uh, his plane or his, I don't know, some toy, a drink, and he's, his hand is outside the window. Okay. Now, the Rav is walking down the street, and the Rav says, kiddo, what are you doing? So he says, oh, I was playing. He's like, yeah, but your hand is now in Rosh Hashanah. So what should I do? So if he drops it there, he's over the Isra Daraisa. Can he bring it back? So for some reason, Abaya is under the assumption that the only way the Chazal could con- can make a knas that you can't bring it back is if we call your hand the Carmelist. If your hand is called the Carmelist, so then you can't bring it back because you're bringing something from a Carmelist back to Rosh Hashanah. So the question is like this. Did the Rabbanon say, too bad? There's a knas. You have to leave your hand there the entire Shabbos. You have to, uh, this kid has to keep his hand outside his window the entire Shabbos. Me consu Rabbanan, the Rabbanan make a knas on you. And because you did the first part, but sir, you should not have stuck your hand out of your house into Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos. You got to leave it there the entire time. I lie. Or maybe there is no knas. So that's a biased question. Now, the the halachic terms he's using is Carmelis. I would say, just ignore the term Carmelist. Let's just focus on our question. Someone has his hand in the wrong place. Can he bring it back on Shabbos? Or do we say, no, that once you put your hand out, you had no business doing it. You violated an Isidur Rabbanan. Too bad. You got to leave your hand there. Now, how, how the way, the reason why he's using the term Carmelist is because Abai is under the impression that in order for Chazal to make a Knas on you, they have to make a new Gzera. It's similar to the, uh, to, to the, Miguel, the Purim story, that you can't just make up things, you have to have a new gzera. So Ahasuerus had to, had to have a new gzera that the Yidin could defend themselves and could kill out their enemies, but he couldn't take back the old gzera. There is no such thing as making a knas that once you put, you know, put your hand somewhere, you can't bring it back. So, But if I call it a Carmelist, if I call your hand a Carmelist, so in effect, I just made, I made that knas. I'm telling you that your hand is a Carmelist, and, and we know 
take out Hilchas Mishnah Brewer Chelik Dalad. One is not allowed to transfer from Carmelis to Rishas Yachid. Okay. So Toshma, we have the following brisa. Someone's hand is full of fruit. And he, he's standing inside. He's holding his orange. And he wants to see how it looks in the sunlight. So he puts his hand outside, outside his window. And I was like, oh, whoops. Now my hand is outside. And I'm in Rosh Yoch, And my hand is in Rosh Rabin. So we have a stira in the Tanam. We have Machlekes Tanam. Tani Chada. One b'risa taught. Asr l'achzira. You cannot bring it back. The Tani Idach. Another b'risa taught. Mutter l'achzira. You could bring it back. So we're going to have many different ways of answering this stira. Let's let's take jab number one. My love Isn't this what the, the Tanam are arguing about? The Marsava one holds Dami, your hand is like a Carmelis, and therefore you cannot transfer orange back to Rashasayakid, because your hand is now a Carmelis when it's hanging out in Rashasarabim. Your hand is a Carmelis. You can't transfer from orange the, from the hand. That's a Carmelis back to your Rashasumarsava. And the other one holds no Lavka Carmelis Dami, your hand is not a Carmelis, and therefore Mutulach Zira, you could bring it back. So that was Answer number one. The Gemara says, Loi, no. The Kuliyama, everyone agrees, the Carmelis Dami, that your hand is like a Carmelis. So what's the difference? So why did one Bryce say you could bring her back? One Bryce said you can't bring her back. Veloi, Kasha, Khan, Lamata, When did I say you you, uh, you cannot bring her back? That's when the person's window where his hand is is lower than 10 Tvachim. And since it's lower than ten tefachim, that's called rishus harabim. There's a concept called avir rishus harabim, the airspace of rishus harabim. We consider it up to ten tefachim. That's considered rishus harabim. And therefore, there's a kanas. You you did the wrong thing. You put it out into rishus harabim. You could have been over nisa Had you dropped it, you'd be over nisa we make a kanas on you. You cannot bring your hand back. But Khan, the other case, the other bride is talking about this person on the second uh, second story. So he's on he's he's, uh, he's on the second floor, and. When he puts his hand out, he's above ten tefachim, so there's still an isadrabanan to start using to start transferring things above ten tefachim. But even if he would drop it, he would not be over the isadraraisa. So kan lamalame asara because he only he only uh, picked it up. It, it went through a makam so therefore kan lamalame asara, and therefore there'll be no knas because it wasn't as bad of an action that, uh, what you did. So that was the second terrace. First terrace was maybe it's. The Machlekes says if your hand is a Carmelis or not. Second terrorist is that no, everybody agrees that it's a Carmelis. The only difference is, do we say, the only difference would be what the situation was. Was it above 10 Tvachim or below 10 Tvachim? We have another tarot. Both cases are talking about the window is below 10 Tvachim from the ground. You put your hand outside, you are in Rosh Hashanah. And Velavka Carmelis Dami. Nobody holds your hand as a din of a Carmelis. Velavka and there is no kasha. Khan, when we're talking about that you are you're allowed to return your hand, that's the Bayyim. When you put your hand there before Shabbos started. So you're looking at the clock, it's a minute before Shkia, you put your hand out, you're checking out your orange in your in the sunlight, and now there's not much sunlight, but you're looking outside, you're checking out the orange, and now sun has set. It's Shabbos now. Can I bring it back? So we'll say, yeah, since you you you, you did the Akira Beheter, it was it was Friday, so you could bring it back in. But Khan, the other Brysa, when it says also that's Mishach Hashecha. So what does that mean? When it was ready when it's ready Shabbos, you did a Beheter. So when it was still Friday, they didn't make a Kanas on you. No problem. Since you you were started Beheter, we'll be nice to you. We'll say, you know what, you can bring your hand back. But when you did it, when it was already Shabbos, Kansura Rabbanan, the Rabbanan made a knas on you, that you should not bring it back in, 
even though your hand is not considered a kamlis, there's a knas, you cannot bring your hand back in on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Adaraba. The opposite makes sense. Why? Because if you did it before Shabbos, you put your hand outside your house before Shabbos, even if you drop it into Rosh Hashanah, you're never going to be over in the Raisa that would make you bring a Karman Chathos. Why not? Because the Akira was done on Friday. It wasn't done on Shabbos. And therefore, even if you would drop it, big deal. So therefore, and the Rabbanon, it's not much of a risk for them to tell you, keep your hand there the entire Shabbos. Now, you might get tired, you might drop it. No, no. You over another Isidraban, but you are not over the Deraisa. However, Mishachashecha, if a person stuck his hand out when it was already Shabbos, to eat Shadile, if you would indeed drop it, you would end up being if you would drop the fruit. So therefore, Rabbanu should not tell you keep your hand there the entire Shabbos. Because what's going to happen? You're going to drop it. You're going to drop it. You'll be for being So it doesn't make sense for Chazal to make a, to make a knas that you got to leave your hand outside the entire Shabbos. Okay, so that was another answer between the two Brises, the Adarabah. So the Gemara digresses for one moment, and we'll get back to, to some more answers. So, from the fact that the earlier Ibois uh, Emo did not answer this, that showing that Chazal were concerned that if we tell you you have to leave your hand there, you might drop it. Since we did not originally say this answer, Tivshoit, we could answer an old kasha. There's an old classic uh, shaila to Rav Bevi Barabaya. Rav Bevi Barabaya had a classic shaila. We will spend a few a few uh, few minutes on this in tomorrow's daf as well, discussing this. The boy Rav Bevi Barabaya, the following shaila. Hidvik paspatanar. So you're making a lafa or a pita. If you ever go to Olympic pita in, in New York or you go to Artisol, you'll see this. The way you make a lafa or a pita is you take the the dough and you slap it on the side of the oven, on the inside of the oven, on the wall. That's how you make pass. Okay, so hit big pass batana. So on Shabbos, this person forgot it was Shabbos. He thought it was Thursday. He's making pita. He's making pita on Shabbos. And he slaps the dough onto the side of the oven. Now, halacha is when it comes to baking, you're only chay of once it's once it's baked. If you if it would get removed before the cooking or baking process finished, halacha is you would not be over the isra of cooking on Shabbos, of baking on Shabbos. So this person slaps the dough on, and now he realizes, oh my gosh, it's Shabbos. So what should he do? If he lets it sit there, he's going to be over in Issa Daraisa. He's going to have to spend $1,000 on a carbon chattas. And he's, he's violating Issa Daraisa of Shabbos. So simple answer would be just peel it off. What are, you, what are you sitting there looking at it? Peel it off. Take it off the fire. The problem is there was a Issa Daraisa called Radia Sapas of removing the dough or the bread from the side of the, the oven. Either... It was an Easter of Uvdu the Chal. This was something that took a, spe- a specific craft to do without ruining the pita. If you would try it, we would probably, uh, you know, mess up the entire pita. They would fire us. Or there's a, another Xavier the Raman brings down that Radius Apas would be too much of a of an effort being involved in the oven that Chazal were, were guys there that you might end up cooking. From the fam, if I'm busy doing Radiyah Sapas, I would end up baking. So either way, there's an Isidra Abanan called removing the pita Radiyah Sapas from the side of the oven. So the question is, what should I do? I have this uh, triage. Should I let myself be over in Isidra Or should I take matters into my own hand and peel off the dough prior to 
it baking. Now, from the fact that so this that's the shaila. Hetiru loy lerda lerdaisa koydim shavali dechi of chatos aloy hetiru. Or is it not mutter when it's not allowed to remove it prior to to bring the chata? So what do we? So what, so the shaila is: Should I violate an isser so as to prevent an isser from happening? What do we just see? We just saw that someone wanted to say that chazal should not make a knas on you to if you have your fruit that you do on Shabbos. I have my orange and I put it outside, and I already did half of a malacha. Right? If I drop it. There'll be an Issa Daraisa being done if I drop my fruit. So I, it's better to bring it back in and violate an Issa Darabanan than to potentially violate an Issa Daraisa. And, and this was not the first answer brought in the Gemara. So clearly, the people, the original answer, did not hold of this Cheshman that we violate an Issa Darabanan to save you from an Issa Daraisa. So Tivshai Delayatiru, we should prove from there, Delayatiru, that they were not Matir one to violate an Issa in order to save yourself from an Issa Daraisa. And therefore, that should have been an answer for this Radia Sapas question of Baby Barabaya. His question was, Can I remove the bread? The answer should have been, No, you cannot. Tivshai Delayatiru, you should answer that, No, it's not Matir. So that's the Kasha on this terrace. The Moore says, Hello, Kasha, why is that a Kasha on this terrace? Tifshite, answer it. B. Barabaya had a Shiloh. You have an answer. Tifshite, that's a good answer. Fine. That's a small digression. We're going to get back to this in Dalad Amanalov, six lines in Gufa. But let's get back to our Gemara. We had a Tashma. We have one Bryce that says, Tani Chada Asulach Zira, that when you put your hand outside, you can't bring it back. Vitani Idach, and another Bryce that said, you could put it back. And we had various Tarutsim. Either one man dharma held your hand was a caramelist, or your hand is not a caramelist. Either we're talking about lamala meyasara or lamata meyasara, or we had another another uh, possible answer, mibloidyoim versus mishecha shecha. If you did it on Friday or if you did it on Shabbos, then we have the Adaraba that maybe if you did it on, on on Friday, there would be no risk of making a knas. But if you did it on Shabbos, the knas of leaving your hand out would cause one to violate this deraisa. Those are the various answers we have. To explain why one Tana taught one way that you that you have to leave your hand out the entire Shabbos, while the other Tana said you could bring it back. Now we have a few more Tirutzim on this brisa. Vibai Samel Oilam my Tifshait. That is that uh, don't don't uh, get into the discussion of Bibi Barabaya Veloy Kasha. There's no steer in the brisas. Khan Bishoigig. When do we say that you're allowed to bring your hand back in? That's Bishoigig. When a person put his hand outside holding his fruit, he did a b'shoigig. V'kan, and when do we say that it's usher to bring your hand back in? That's b'mezid. When b'shoigig, when it was a shoigig, like on Surabanan. Surabanan felt bad for you. He didn't, he didn't do it on purpose. Okay, you go bring your hand back in. But b'mezid, someone intentionally violated Shabbos, or started violating Shabbos. He took the fruit, he put it outside. His hand is outside. So Chum say, oh, you did it on purpose? Surabanan, you can't bring it back in. That's another way of answering the stira. Both cases are talking about b'shagig. The question is, there's a fundamental machaikas. Do we make a knas on a shagig to, to uh, deter someone from doing something b'mezid? So even if you only put your hand out with your fruit, b'shagig, you forgot it was Shabbos, Still, even though you're a good guy, you didn't do anything wrong intentionally, 
but we're afraid if we allow you to put your hand back in, so even someone bemazed would be allowed to put his hand back in. And this man number holds, yes, we kansu shoigig otu mazed. We're kansu the shoigig because of a mazed. Umar Slavar, no, like Kansu Shagig or Tamazid, we do not count in a Shagig or Tamazid. Bibai, same on other tarots, Loilam, like Kansu, there was never a, a Knas by Shagig or Tamazid, but like Kasha. Here's the final tarots of the two Brysas. Khan, the Brysa says where you're allowed to return it, that's Loisa Chatzar. That's talking about where you're going, you're bringing it back into your own Chatzar, your original Chatzar. And the other place where we say you have to stick it where it is the entire time, you cannot transfer it to the other Rishos, that's when you want to transfer it to a third place. Meaning, this person is, uh, let's assume you have two porches next to each other, and beyond the porch is Rishos Rabin. So this person sticks his hand out with the orange, and it's beyond the porch, it's in Rishos Rabin. So if he wants to bring it back in, Sounds like no problem. You can bring it back to your porch. But now that it's in Rosh Hashanah, if you want to bring it to the other person's porch, which is also Rosh Hashanah, well, shouldn't be a problem. There's no difference in your porch and that porch. That's us, sir. That you cannot do. How do we see this? Kedaboy mine rava mirav nachman. Rava asks Rav Nachman, Your hand is full of, it has an orange in it, and you brought it outside. Can I bring it back into my porch? So I'm you could bring it back to your porch. Can I put it into the other man's porch, my, my next door neighbor's porch? Once I already put my hand outside, I'm really oh, sorry. He says in my what's the difference? So he said, when you measure for me a core of salt, meaning you should be Mishamish me, then I will tell you. So he told him, I guess he did it. So he, he was serving the Tama Chacham and he told him, shot like this. Hasam, when you bring your hand back in, you wanted to get rid of this orange. So when you put your, your hand into Rosh Hashanah, from your porch into Rosh Hashanah, you want to let go. You want to get rid of this orange. Now you realize, wait, it's Shabbos. So you want to bring it back into your porch. Fine. You didn't gain anything. You didn't violate Shabbos and you did not get any Hana from what you did. However, when you want to put it into your friend's porch and dump it there, your mission was accomplished. You put, your point was you wanted to get rid of this fruit. It was taking up too much room. Your wife said, get, get rid of this already. So you're about to chuck it outside. So you put your hand over your porch. Then you realize, wait, outside of my outside of my porch is Rosh Rabim. So I can't do that. Oh, my next door neighbor's porch, Schwartz's. I'll put it into his, into his Rosh So at that point, you're going to have your... Machshava, your intent is going to be fulfilled by getting rid of it. There's a knaster, but even though there's no difference halachically between bringing it back to your porch or bringing it from Rosh Hashanah to the other man's porch, that's the knas. The knas is we don't want you to get any benefit from what you've done by initiating, by starting something that resembles a melacha deraisa. If you would indeed drop it, it would be melacha deraisa, and therefore you cannot bring it into his rishos. You can bring it back to your rishos, but you cannot dump your orange into your friend's rishos. Okay, shkoyach.